0: So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Welcome to the Think Bold, Be Bold Show with Christopher Cumbie and Alan Witch.
1: Hi, it's Christopher Cumbie with Think Bold, Be Bold, and my awesome co-host, Alan Witch. Alan, how are you today? I'm
2: doing great, Chris. Thanks for asking. How is it in your neck of the woods?
1: Neck of the Woods is uh, actually pretty good, um, you know, again, the sun is always shining behind the clouds, that's what I like to say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, now, it's always sunny here if you look between the raindrops.
1: Uh, there you go. Now, we, uh, you know, Alan, are fortunate enough to have, um, well, this guest I, I'm super excited about because, uh, you know, we found each other through Twitter and, you know, what a great resource when you really look at it from a social media side of things and, you know, some people said Twitter's on its way out. And, you know, listen, I think people directly connect with that really quickly. And, and you know, this guest today certainly, you know, did. And I, and I love it because it's something we can find great guests and bring them onto to our show. And that's what it's all about. And, and we're getting a lot of requests from, you know, other people that want to, you know, have um, certain people on the show. And right now, you know, this book that we're going to talk about today, and, and I'm going to give you the you know the pleasure of introducing uh, Alan, uh, because this book is something that you know again I believe is is a is a pot of gold, and um, we have the fortune of you know talking to one of the co-authors today, and um, you know like I said it's it's going to be something we're going to extract the genius. Uh, out of the, you know, the author, but mostly, you know, again, what, what the book's doing and, and, and things like that. But I always like to, you know, ask some good questions during our show to make sure that, uh, you know, we have uh, some uh, some genius to pass on to people, um, whether you're, you know, uh, an entrepreneur um, in a career, uh, you know, doing nothing, <laughs> which I don't think a lot of our listeners are 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 in that boat. But you know, are you stuck? You know, things like that. And, and I think, you know, there's always this little golden nugget that comes out of the show. And I know based on the comments and the things we get back from people, um, you know, really change their life in, in a lot of ways and, and motivate them and inspire them. So on that note, Alan, why don't you take it away and uh, introduce our awesome guest today?
2: Thanks, Chris. You know, it's a, it's a pleasure uh... in this time in our society to be able to have the connectivity that we have you know, we're all three sitting in, uh, you know, a comfortable place in our hometown. Uh, you know, in different parts of the country. And I look back as a as a young kid and realize that the only way for that were to happen uh, was if I was, uh, you know, some kind of a of a well known public figure and uh, be on on uh, television. But uh, now we get to be able to sit here and use technology to really bring value not only to our immediate group but to you know spheres outside of. Our own circles of influence, and uh, this gentleman we're bringing on this morning, who is who is sitting right here and who I'm looking at uh, through our monitor here, has done a great job of edifying other people and spending a life putting others' uh, goals and needs and offerings, uh, you know, ahead of his own and talking about the uh... the necessity of being honest and true and and really adding value to somebody else's life when it's when it's a really easy thing to do you know and to touch lives and and to build networks you know of people from those lives that you touch and what does that really mean and to be real and to be uh... uh... visible and most importantly relatable you know and then to to always be a student to stay open and then to transfer that material and that concept and and that philosophy and business and life to, uh, to the people that follow him. And uh, it's, it, it's an amazing concept that he's been able to bring in. And the, his success has been fantastic. He's a, a bestseller, global bestseller, uh, probably best known for, for one of his books more than the other. And uh, that book is The Go-Giver. So, yes, I probably just gave it away. But um, <laughs> in, the, in the house today, we have Mr. Bob Berg.
0: Bob welcome Bob Berg's in the house <laughs> Alan and Christopher thank you both and what a what a nice introduction thank you so much
1: <laughs> well we're, uh, oh, we're you're most welcome yes for sure and and we appreciate you taking some time out of your uh, your busy life and and uh, sharing with the audience and you know let's kick it off because I always like to ask the question so you know we can start uh, off with you know Bob you had an interesting career but I want to know where you started because I think that is always interesting. And then most importantly, in order, where you are now and then where you're going. Because, you know, again, you're larger than life to some people. And I think that it's always important to see that people like yourself are setting goals and setting things in the future and and where you're going. So, you know, on that note, maybe you can share with our our audience uh, what's going on.
0: Well, career-wise, I actually began in broadcasting. I, I started first in radio and then in television. I was the uh, I I ended up being the late night news guy for a, a very small ABC affiliate in the Midwest. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, because things work out for the best, I, I really wasn't very good at it, and I wasn't really long for that business, and I graduated <laughs> into sales. Uh, the uh, The challenge with sales for me was that I, I didn't know anything about it, and uh, the training at the company I started with wasn't very good, so it was actually non existence. I didn't say it, was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good or bad. It wasn't there at all, and so I... Floundered for a few months until I, I was in a bookstore one day and came across a book uh, that now is a classic. This is 35 years ago. So it was just, uh, I think it was just, uh, had just hit the best sellers list at the time called How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. Again, it's, it's now a classic. And I remember having hope just through the title, how to master the art of selling. So what? There's that? There's an art to this? There's something about this more than just knocking on doors, being nice and trying, you know. Uh, and so uh, within a few weeks of really, really studying, putting into practice what he was talking about, uh, my sales began to really, uh, well, they went through the roof. I mean, they, they became really good. And which is interesting to me because it it taught me a big lesson, and that is, first, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Uh, The wheel has already been invented, so if you want to learn how to do something, find other people who have done it and study them and learn from them. It also said to me that when you have a system for doing something, you're much more likely to be successful and much more likely to be successful a lot faster. Uh, I personally define a system as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. In other words, the key is predictability. Mm -hmm. If it's been proven that by doing A, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A, and eventually, you're going to get the desired results of B. And uh, so Mm -hmm. that was really... (laughs) Uh, My first experience, it probably wasn't my first experience following a system because anything you learn is uh, but but it was in the it was that first experience in the real world of, of coming to an understanding that systems were there and systems were available to us. We simply needed to seek them out, learn them, apply the information and then be willing, of course, to be persistent and and couple that with a belief in what we're doing. And when you do that, you've got to be successful. And, you know, eventually I became sales manager of a different company, started teaching it to sales to others, and it sort of morphed into a speaking career, which I've been doing now for over 25 years and wow. having a a real lot of fun with it.
1: That's fantastic. So that's where you are now and, you know, where you were. And, and I love sales because I've been a sales guy, f, you know, commissioned for, you know, a lot of my life. And, you know, it even started off with little money making machines when I was a kid, you know, mm-hmm. even at the age of uh, eight years old, you know, delivering Good for papers. you, uh-huh. uh, you know, and I learned the art of um, actually what I teach is, is utilizing uh, the art of journaling. And I learned the skill of journaling uh, to enhance my career as a salesperson, because remembering things, you know. And and it's and it's said by science that you know we might have something like eighty thousand thoughts a day. So how do you sift through all that?
0: Mm. And
1: uh, for me, my journal has always been uh, something that uh, you know has helped me. Now, Bob, where's your you know where's your future lie? What's going on you know there in your mind? And and what are some of the things that um, you can share with the the audience uh, today? that uh, maybe, you know, again, uh, inspires them or motivates them, you know, because again, you're set, I, know, I know you set goals because that's, you know, how you've uh, advanced in your career and you, you became successful. Can you share that, um, you know, vision?
0: Well, aside from continuing to uh, promote the, uh, the book, The Go-Giver, right. uh, and there's another book that's, that's very dear to my heart called Adversaries into Allies, which mm-hmm. is about how to, how to become a powerful influencer uh... in a way that and very persuasive in a way that makes other people feel genuinely good about themselves so those are right. uh... those are sort of my my two things i'll continue to do i, I don't ever see stopping doing sure. that because i believe so much in the message itself right. uh... my business partner kathy tajanel and i we have we began about mm, two or three years ago a uh... certified go-giver speaker program where uh... uh people get the rights to speak and teach on all my, for lack of a better term, intellectual properties. Hard to think of myself as having intellectual properties, (laughs) but I guess that's what they are. And so, uh, you know, we teach them how to speak on these topics, how to know everything about them and how to market themselves as professional speakers. And so this is something we've been building and will continue to grow. And this is really where our heart uh, really lays because we just... Uh, we were. I mean, there's just so many unbelievably great people coming into this program who love speaking on the topic. They use the principles of the Go Giver in their business. They've been very successful, and now they want to to begin a speaking career and and kind of spread the message themselves. So uh, that's really what we're continuing to do. We also just came out along with uh, Randy Stelter, who's a high school English teacher who's been teaching the uh, principles of the book to his students pretty much since the book first came out. He, along with John David Mann and myself, put together a curriculum guide for teachers and it's just yeah and it's just now starting to work its way into all these different school systems and we love the idea Mm -hmm. of kids learning entrepreneurship kids learning how to take responsibility for providing value to others to the marketplace uh and you know all the the principles that we believe can help our future leaders so all of these things are just a joy to to go after and to work with and, uh, you know, fortunately, I have a great business partner in Kathy Tejel, who has so many amazing strengths that I don't have, which frees me up to do the things I do best. And a co-author such as John David Mann, who's such a genius. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, for and a, and a whole team that really we uh, we work to, you know, to hopefully add value to the lives of a lot of people. So that's kind of what we're continuing to do.
1: Well, I think you're doing a great job of that. And um <laughs> It's amazing, Thank you. Uh, The Go-Giver. And, and we're going to talk about the book because I think it's important. And I just want to go back to sales for a minute because, um, you know, you break paradigms and specifically about sales.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Can you um, expand on that?
0: Sure. Sure. Uh, it's really one of my favorite topics because I, I love sales. Uh, I love the very concept of selling and what it represents. Uh Sales is what makes things happen. It, it brings ideas to the marketplace. It improves people's lives. Uh, it creates uh, wealth for an entire country when, when salesmanship through free enterprise is, is allowed to happen. Uh, but what happens is selling has in itself, as you know, kind of a lousy reputation and much of that is because what people think of as being sales really isn't sales. And let me explain what I mean, if, if I may. Uh, people, I think, a lot of times see sales or selling as being trying to convince someone to buy something that they don't want or need. That's not selling. That's called being a con artist, mm-hmm. and it ha- and it mm-hmm. has nothing nothing to do with selling. Um, sales is really i personally i define selling as simply discovering what a person needs wants or desires and helping them to get it that's what selling is you know often people think selling is about uh, taking advantage of others it's not it's about giving people more advantage through your products and services when these products and services are appropriate for that person. Probably the biggest upside down misperception about selling is that at its heart it's about taking, but it it isn't. It again, it's just the opposite. Selling at its utmost, selling at its most profitable, selling at its highest is all about giving. And I and I mean that actually Literally, Now, some might think, no, no, you don't mean it literally, you mean it figuratively. Selling is about giving. No, I mean it literally because if you look back, the old English root of the word sell was salan, right. which meant to give. So when you're selling, you're literally giving. Now, someone might ask, well, isn't that just semantics? And And I would say that I don't believe it is semantics, and here's the reason why. Let's say you are in a selling... Situation again, you are presenting your product or service to a person who's there to decide if this is correct for them or not. So, you are selling when you are selling. What exactly are you giving? I suggest you're giving time, attention, counsel, education, empathy, and most of all, value. So, when we look at selling as being this, now we can be very proud of what we're doing and we understand what an important role selling has to do with with wealth creation and value creation for everyone right right oh yeah no absolutely you're
2: talking about adding a tremendous amount of value Bob uh, upfront you know in a in a non expectant you know uh, expectant way and it reminds me of uh, uh, when I co-owned an insurance agency a number of years ago I, I you know taught and coached and trained the the uh, agents that they really can't sell the insurance the customer has to buy it and they didn't really know what that they didn't understand that and uh, to know for those that, that don't know about insurance the the agents actually cannot you know make make a sale transaction the 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 client has to actually apply for it but the job of the of the sales team is to like you said educate Mm -hmm. to be honest and upfront to find out truly what is needed by the client not necessarily to promote your your bag of goodies and to try to find out what small cash they have stuff that you have that's going to be able to benefit somebody but what can you truly do intrinsically as a human being with what tools you have to really truly add value to these people and uh you know, uh, put them in a, in a better position than before they met you. And I think that's a, a, a fantastic uh, way to not only live your life, but to prosper in business and to be able to to uh, move forward. And you talked about uh, your new program of uh, working, you know, with youth. And, and Chris and I were just talking about that yesterday, is taking some of these philosophies and really making sure they're part of curriculum for kids mm-hmm. when they're younger. Could you, so, could you imagine the value transfer that's going to happen right? And you know, I, I guess as the as you've worked up to the level that you're at, you know, and the success that you've had and the philosophies that you now use, um, what, what was the one time when kind of that light bulb went off that uh, said, I need to be an entrepreneur and to be able to take the philosophies that I know that I have, that I know that work, and then teach those to other people? Was there a one particular event or a part of your life where the light bulb just kind of went off?
0: Well, I think entrepreneurism has has pretty much been in my blood, but there was a, a time when the the light really went off and the bell really rang in my early in my sales career, which probably made the biggest difference to me and to the the people whose lives I'd be able to to touch after that. And it was when I was working uh, for a company, one of my first sales jobs, and I, I came back from a. Uh, what I will call a non-selling appointment, but it wasn't intentionally a non-selling appointment. It was non-selling because I didn't do a very good job of of communicating, uh, you know, the benefits of the product or service and how would it would help this person. And I remember kind of coming back into the office and, and being very angry that that this that the prospect didn't get it right, as though it was his <laughs> responsibility to get it right. Mm-hmm. And one of the uh, people at the office, uh, he was an older guy who was just about to retire. I think I'd maybe come across him one other time, and I don't remember seeing him any time after this, but he gave me a wonderful piece of advice. I I call this person a drive-by mentor, because... I only, you know, had this conversation with him this one time. It's it's not something where I I ever established a relationship with him. It just happened to be that he came by with some... He drove by, in a sense, uh, figuratively, with some wonderful advice that I'm just very thankful I was willing to receive at that time. And he said to me, you know, Berg... Because I think he saw me as an up-and-comer but who really needed an attitude adjustment, sort of like Joe, uh, the uh, protagonist in The Go-Giver. And Uh he said to me, he, he said to me, Berg... He said, if you want to make a lot of money in business, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as the target. Your target is serving others. Now, he said, when you hit the target, you'll get a reward. That reward will be money, and you can do with that money whatever you please. But never forget, he said, that the money is not the target. The money is simply the reward for hitting the target. Your target is serving others. And to me, that made a huge difference because, and I often say this when I speak at a sales conference, it's the first thing I'll say, not not the first thing, but one of the first things I I say is, you know, nobody is going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. <laughs> right. They're not, they're not going to buy from you because you need the money, and they're not going to buy from you even because you legitimately think your product or service is fantastic and that they would benefit by it. They're only going to buy from you because they believe that they are better off by doing so than by not doing so. And that's the way it should be, by the way. This is why free enterprise always Mm -hmm. um, helps the consumer. And so many people don't understand this. The more free people are to buy, sell, and trade uh, as as they desire, the more this helps the consumer. The consumer is ultimately the boss, okay? They don't have to buy from you. And so the only way we are going to be much more effective as salespeople is by totally taking the focus off ourselves. Uh, moving what we call moving from an I-focus or me-focus to an other-focus, always looking for ways to bring value to them. And the only way we're going to be able to do this is by asking questions that help discover what they want, what they need, what they desire And then tying in the benefits of our product or service to what will benefit them. This is why we, yeah, and this is why we say that money is simply an echo of value. Right. Uh, it's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which simply means the value must be your focal point. The value comes first, and the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you provide. This is what we call doing business, you know, the go giver way. It's that mm-hmm. focus on the other person, not as some self sacrificial type of doormat. thing. No, not at all. It's the way business is done right. And it's the way business is done most profitably. I can't agree more.
2: Yeah, perfect. A great extension. You know, the the more you, the literally, the more you give, the more you get. That's
0: right. And
2: you know, in historically in business, that hasn't been the way it is. And being transparent and being relatable is, you know, been considered a lot in the past as as being, uh, you know, negative and being, uh, you know, bad bad business practice and and bad character. But in reality, like you said, it's a Exact opposite. And mm-hmm. the more transparent, the more you can give, then uh the more good that you'll extend and by, you know, the law of reciprocity, the more you'll be compensated with whatever that compensation might be. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Fantastic. And you know, you said something back and, and I made a note of that, um, around the root word you know, of sales and um, you know, that you know, it goes back and, and, and it's giving. Now you know, I'm a big fan of root words. I, I think they hold power. And it gets lost over translation of time. And I think that most importantly, you know, and one of the things I teach um, the people I mentor is when they actually create the image of themselves, it's so important to know what the root word of the images or the words they describe themselves as. Mm. And, you know, when you brought it up, I, I wanted to come back to that and and, you know, ask you, you know, when you describe or or use words, you know, as, as powerful as they are. Is this a, um, um, something that you do and, and look back at that, you know, various words and, and look at the roots and, and really understand them?
0: Well, I'm a, I'm a very big believer in defining one's terms. Okay. When using a word, really making sure we understand what it means. I remember that, uh, Ayn Rand said, and I'm paraphrasing her slightly, so please forgive me. But she says uh, even uh, the best logic, if based on a false premise, can never result in a correct conclusion. There you go. And so, Mm -hmm. because you know, because we all come from our own basic belief systems, uh, based on a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television, movie, popular culture. You know, we can look at a word and have 10 10 different people can have 10 different meanings and so that's why there are so many uh mis- there's so much miscommunication so i'm always uh defining terms. Now a lot of times I do love looking up and seeing what that word means, but uh, who's great at that is John David Mann, my co-author. Right. <laughs> he is totally mm-hmm. an etymologist. I mean, this guy is absolutely, <laughs> you know, you can ask him about a word He'll like, say, "Oh yeah, well that comes from the Greek and Roman, you know, circuit you know, and you know and he give you uh, he's just amazing. So I don't go quite that deep into it, but I love looking up words that I use and 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 uh you know looking at seeing their roots what they what they really mean what they meant then take the word for example character character comes from an old greek word for scrape or scratch right now it came to mean uh, an engraved marking and eventually a defining quality uh, so you think of that, you know, mm-hmm. a scrape or scratch, it etched itself into you, right? You know, it mm-hmm. became part of you, it became a defining quality. Uh, to me, that's just absolutely fascinating. Uh,
1: and, I, and I agree, for sure. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I'm always interested in who, you know, you follow, or better yet, some of your favorite mentors or people that you've been involved in. Uh, over your, you know, career is, you know, growing and and so forth. You know, is there a favorite author uh, that you, you know, seem to gravitate to? Uh, You know, I certainly do. And, and now meeting you, Bob, you know, I can't wait to read these books because I uh-huh. I, I had a chance to, uh, you know, dive in and, and, you know, you're giving away the first chapter of the book you just mentioned, um, Adversaries into Allies, and Allies, and I can't wait to read that and, and certainly buy that book. But, oh, you. you know, around the author side or favorite mentors or coaches that really influenced you, you know, while you're, you know, growing your career.
0: You know, there are so, so many. Uh, certainly, you know, Tom Hopkins was one. Zig Ziglar is someone who mm-hmm. uh, I came to really, you know, study and, and learn from. Mm-hmm. And Me too. Uh, you know, people like Brian Tracy, just such class, wonderful people with great information. There are people like Nito Cobain. uh, You know, people who are mentors of mine now include people like Dondi Scumachi, mm-hmm. who's a, a fantastic speaker on leadership. uh uh, Dan Rockwell, who writes the uh, Leadership uh, Freak blog post, right. uh, he's just, just amazing. Uh, you've got people like Andrea Waltz, who, uh, who with her husband uh, uh, Richard Fenton wrote the, the great book Go For No, which talks about how to reframe the word no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do, there's so many people out there, and I love to, to learn from them. I love studying about uh, salesmanship, entrepreneurship, free markets, I love reading, you know, philosophy. Just, it, it's just fun to to learn from, from the so many amazing resources there are out there.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree 100%. And, uh, you know, just learning to be teachable along that journey um, is such an important trait, um, you know, as you're transitioning through life and, and changing. And, uh, well, you know, Bob, I'd love you to read my book. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it <laughs> off to you. And, Good. Uh, I look forward to yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. And and let me know what you think. But hey, I'll you tell
0: know. you another person right now, another salesperson to read. Uh, sure. This guy has really become one of my probably my favorite uh, in terms of of sales sales knowledge. Uh, and and his name is Anthony uh, Inarino. He is spelled I A N N A R I N O. He has the salesblog dot com. Nice. And this guy is absolutely amazing. Uh, fantastic and just high ethics and character and uh, I know he's coming out with a book in uh, I think September of uh, 2016 and I'll tell you I just uh, he he is absolutely fantastic
1: fantastic thanks for sharing that and yeah, salesblog dot com we'll have to get uh, Anthony on the show as well. that's that's always a goal of uh alan and and myself when we uh when we find and you know interesting people and certainly um great recommendations um so thanks for sharing that for sure um alan what do you got uh what do you got for bob here where where are we going to bring bob next
2: yeah, I'm. I'm listening, Bob, to all that you're talking about, and kind of your your journey along the way, and the nuggets of gold that you've been able to develop on your own, and the ones that you've been able to glean from uh, those that you follow and your mentors and the people that have have had an impact on your life, and and so many times those challenges and uh, those goals and those results uh, came from uh... you know maybe some some dark places or some time in your life when it was really challenging when you look back and you and you see the the mud and you know some of the scars and the bumps and the bruises and you know success is always nice and people always go oh, look at look at that person they've 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 succeeded they become this or they have become that uh, but i think the person that has that success you know, contributes a lot of that to their challenges and their roadblocks and how they overcame that. So I guess on that note, is there, you know, one particular time in the past where you were really not necessarily down and out, but had uh, a significant roadblock, you know, kind of a crossroads where you had to decide which way you were going to
0: go and if you were going to go? Well, yeah. I mean, there are these are what I call turning points. (laughs) These are those Mm -hmm. those instances that happen that that kind of make you come to a decision that you're either going to take that yucky thing that happened (laughs) and you're going to either, you know, you're going to turn it into something good, but you're going to keep going despite it, not because of it. And you're going to turn it into something good. You're going to keep going a pa- you know breaking past that or you're not are you gonna stop or go into another dire- go in another direction or or not and there's certainly been those uh there been the- those times um and I- and i I agree with you I think anyone who achieves any kind of significant success a- had to go through those. Uh, and, and often it was one thing, okay. But and many times it was a combination of things. It was, mm-hmm. you know, Seth Godin wrote that great book, The Dip. If you remember mm-hmm. that, and it was mm-hmm. about yep. right. And and uh, and life is a uh, life is a series of dips. I mean, it's <laughs> you go into the dip, you come out of the dip, and and so forth. What you hope to do is learn from your failures and build on your small successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that failure you can learn from, uh, I can't think of a failure that you can't learn from if you're willing to take responsibility and not try to put the blame on somebody else or on, on other circumstances. Um, and, and you can, so you can learn from it, but it's also just important to build on your, as important to build on your small successes. Now, one thing that, uh, you know, I'd like to bring up if I may, and it's, it's, it's when we talk about the uh, the failures, uh, which I think is always a good thing to talk about, by the way, because it's good for people to know that, yeah. It, Everyone' fails you know, right. on the way to success. Sure. It's everybody's been games, there right? <laughs> now it, what, what's interesting is I think uh, in in the field of personal development which all three of us are you know certainly involved in just by the nature of what we do there's almost a what I call a uh, political correctness of in the personal development field to to speak glowingly of those failures in terms of, Oh, I'm so glad, you know, when something bad happens to me, I don't feel bad about, it. I think it's great because this is going to be fantastic. Cause I'm going to take, you know what? I, I, some people may be well, you know, they, they may be far enough in their advancement as a human being to, uh, think that way, but not with me. When I go through a failure something bad happens, I don't like it a bit. I, I don't, Immediately say to myself, This is great. Wow. You know, I can't wait till I overcome this so I can look back on what I learned. No, I struggle through it. Okay? I don't like it. I wish it didn't happen. Uh, sometimes my attitude's not great about it. Um, I don't embrace it until I do. You know what I'm saying? Until Absolutely. that certain point where you say, sure. Okay, that does. And again, embracing it doesn't mean you're glad or that you feel good about it or that you're no. It just means that you come to grips with it. You realize that the truth is what counts. And until you deal with what is and until you deal with the truth, you're not going to be able to climb out of it and go to that next level and build on that next success, get to that next success you can build on. So, you know, when 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 someone says to me that they're going through, uh, you know, something really horrible, you know, I I feel bad for them and with them, Uh uh, and encourage them that it's gonna. But you know, I don't say to them, "Well, you should be glad about this," because you know. And, and so I think that's there's a fine line be, between that. <laughs> Absolutely. Good yeah, point. no, I
2: think you're you're totally right, and it's and you really can't move forward until you do deal with it. You can sidestep it, but. You have you have to figure out a way to deal with it and to either answer the question or uh you know, to change it into something else more positive, but uh to be able to deal with it and put it behind you and that it's okay to deal with it and put it behind you, mm-hmm. I think is a is is a big piece. And it sounds like that's a, a philosophy and a process that you not only use
0: but that you teach. Yeah. Thank you.
1: You know, it it we all go through things and um, I agree, and and I think one of the challenges um, that people uh, have, and to your point, Bob, is, you know, at le- you you took the time to go through, but you you also th- you you thought about it and you pondered it, and I think that's an important step to go through, and a lot of people miss, and they don't step back, and they don't think, and they don't think on their own mostly, um, they allow others to you know uh, cast upon them opinion and you know then it brings them down another road and and then the you know issue or the challenge becomes bigger and I think a lot of times um, when you can take that like you said responsibility you're able to internalize it and then, you know, look at ways, um, especially for, you know, people that are, are going forward in life and, and you know, are go-getters and, and, and know that, hey, listen, it's just a pivot. I have to change mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, and most times, it's something about myself, uh, not the outer world. And, and, you know, I'm a big believer in that. And, you know, I think that um, you guys would uh, agree. But when you're looking at you know these big challenges and I'm sure you know for the audience and and listeners and uh, you know people that are stuck because I always like to you know really cast upon uh you know one idea and and something again that you can give them you know for wherever they are right now in a in a in a position of being stuck or something challenging right now you know what kind of let's say um little gold nugget can you give people you know that may be in that you know right now and and I think that you know, that would be a, a good thing to talk about.
0: Well, I think in a sense it comes down to, um, first, know where you are. You know, come, come to the, the uh, acknowledge the truth of the situation. You know, it's only once we acknowledge something that we're in a position to be able to do something about it. Then make the decision. The decision is, I'm going to get past this. I'm going to get through this. Okay. Now you start asking yourself the knowledge questions. What do I need to do to get through this? How can I best get through this? Whose advice can I utilize to help me get through this? Maybe someone who's been there and done that and can can guide me. Uh, you know, what tools do I have to be able to get through this? So I think that's uh, you know I, th- I think that's a big part of it too. And then once you know the answer, now you start now you start doing it.
1: Great, um, thank you, thank you for that. Um, And so you heard it, you heard it from Bob. I mean, Bob had to go through some things as well. Um, (laughs) We had to go through some things and I, you know, I agree 100% uh, with that, with that answer. So thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. So Bob, you have some principles and, you know, inside your book and you call them the five laws of stratospheric success. Can you elaborate on that for us?
0: Sure. Well, first, you know, we look at the, at, at, the word success. And I guess this goes back to defining our terms again, right? And success is very contextual in nature. Uh, In other words, depending upon the context or circumstance, it can be defined different ways. For example, on a very basic level, success uh, could be as simple as accomplishing a goal. If you had as a goal to lose uh, 20 pounds in three months, and you lost 20 pounds in three months and you were successful uh if you lost 19 pounds you were uh, 95 percent successful if, if my math is is correct uh success could also mean uh or be in the context of winning a ball game one team wins they were successful the other team that lost well they weren't successful in terms of the win but perhaps they were successful in terms of playing better than they had the last time uh Then you have, uh, well, Earl Nightingale, the great uh, modern father, I guess you could say, of personal development. Um, I loved his definition of success, the progressive realization of a worthwhile dream or goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, In other words, as far as Mr. Nightingale was concerned, just uh, progressing toward that, that goal, that worthwhile goal, was success in and of itself. Now, of course, Part of that goal had to be worthwhile, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, being mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, top uh, drug dealer uh, <laughs> on your block or in your neighborhood—that's na- not a a you know a uh, worthwhile dream or goal. So it had to be that. But being the number one rated professor at a college—that would be a very worthwhile goal. So in other words, it, it there's the context there. Now on a on a. Uh, A bit more of a a, a wide level, if you will, I would define success as that feeling of genuine happiness uh, or peace of mind based on having done one's best uh, in living up to their potential. Right. So, in other words, to the degree we have lived up to our potential, we were successful. Uh, so, but again, it's just so. So, really, one can define it however they want. Now, this was a a business book, in a sense, a business parable. Uh, yet, the principles go across the board. So, whether we're talking about success in terms of financial physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, those are all important areas. So so we have uh, John David Mann, my awesome co-author, and I had uh, put it into five basic principles or, or laws, and they were the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. Hmm. And to give a, a Reader's Digest version, I guess, of the laws, law number one says that the Uh, the law of value says your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, this can sound a bit counterintuitive at first. It's not that you're, uh, it sounds like you're not making a profit, right? Give more in value than you take in payment. All this means is understanding the difference between price and value. Right? Price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept idea that brings so much worth to someone that they will willingly exchange their money for it, which is the essence of a free market-based exchange. Willing, uh, They willingly exchange their their, uh, money for it and are ecstatic that they did while you make a very healthy profit. Alan mentioned having been in the uh, insurance business. So uh, let's say one of his salespeople helps uh, the customer own a policy. Well, that person is paying a certain amount of money, a monthly premium, monthly investment, and yet what are they getting as a result in value? They are getting security. They're getting peace of mind. They understand that no matter what happens, they are going to be covered. Their family is never going to be out in the street. They're always going to be able to eat. They're also, depending upon the type of policy, building for a very sound financial future. This is simply the intrinsic value of the policy, Mm -hmm. never mind the additional value of the salesperson who's always providing what we call the five elements of value, excellence, consistency, attention, Mm -hmm. empathy, appreciation. So what, what this insurance professional has done is provide much more to this person in value than what this person is paying. Mm -hmm. So both parties win. The salesperson and the insurance company make a very healthy profit for providing exceptional value above and beyond what the person's paying as a price. And Alan also made a great point earlier when he said the other party comes away a winner. Yes, both parties. Uh, And that's also the essence of a free market-based exchange. Both parties come away better off than they were before the transaction. So that's the law of value, basically how it works. I'll be shorter in the other ones. The uh, law of compensation <laughs> simply says your, your uh, income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people whose lives you touch with the exceptional value you provide, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. Law number three, the law of influence, says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Uh, Again, this sounds uh, counterproductive, right? But maybe even Pollyanna-ish, and yet when you look at the greatest leaders, the top influencers, the most profitable salespeople, this is simply how they run their lives and conduct their businesses. They're always looking, as as Sam in the story, uh, one of the mentors in the story told Joe the protege, they're always looking to make their win about the other person's win. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, there's nothing doormatty about this. It doesn't mean you're, you're a martyr or you're self-sacrificial. It simply means you understand that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust, and that there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from others than by genuinely, authentically placing their interests first. We go into the next law, the law of authenticity, which says the most valuable gift you have to offer is yourself. Uh, One of the other mentors in the story, Deborah, shares how one of the most important lessons she learned was that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they all are, and they are all indeed important, uh, they're all for naught if you don't come at it from your true authentic core. And this means really tapping in to who you are and showing up that way. And then law number five, the law of receptivity, says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. It means not only do we breathe out, we also have to breathe in as well. And despite the negative messages about money and success and all the things we hear from the the world, the media, the people around us, and the, the lack consciousness that just just fills the you know the airwaves and fills the world the fact is uh, again to the degree we live in a free market based society you can only become wealthy and prosperous by serving others by providing value to others so giving and receiving are not opposite concepts giving and receiving are simply two sides of the very same coin and they work in tandem it's not am i a giver or a receiver it's i'm a giver and uh, A receiver. However, what we need to know is where the focus goes, right? And this comes full circle to what we were talking about earlier. You need to focus on the giving of value. Right. Mm -hmm. Focus on the giving, right, and then allow the receiving. That
1: was fantastic. Now, (laughs) you know the audience, and you know everybody listening. I mean, that was worth its weight in gold. And I can tell you, just in that one section alone. Um, I hope everybody was taking notes because I certainly was, and that's just something that uh, again, you know, having uh, Bob on, you know, we knew the genius was going to, you know, uh, come come on. Um, you know, again, I could listen to you all day, Bob, and, and talk to you all day, and you know, I know that um, the listeners can get tremendous value, and you've got a lot of um, events and things that you uh, you you put on and, and are a part of, um, and that's fantastic. Now you can go to burg.com burg dot com and connect with uh, with Bob in, in many ways. See what's going on. Buy his book. You know the Go Giver. We just got an, a tremendous amount of information from that book. And you know, one concept that we put together, Bob, is we come up with an idea around one bold move. You know, something you can leave the audience with. Um, as as we fade out in this show, and and we definitely, by the way, we want you back on in two thousand sixteen, and and recap some mm-hmm. of the things you've got going on, and, and I know your book and everything oh, else you've you've got. But you know, one bold move that you can leave everybody with, you know, on this show specifically today, where you know it's a it's some food for thought. It's a, it's something to ponder and think about.
0: Well, in a sense, I think it's always looking for ways. You can add value to other people's lives, and it doesn't have to be just in the business sense. It can be with anyone, uh, and, and that is to, and, and this is something that I, I really, I, I, I hope I have picked up from my dad from watching him for all these years, uh, and that is to look for ways to make people feel genuinely good about themselves. And, you know, when you can do that, not only is it the best thing you can do for others, it's the best thing you can do for yourself as well. And I think when we operate from that, that foundation, good things happen.
1: Well, you heard it, folks, and 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 you made me actually have a chill there because uh, yeah. you know you're making me feel good about myself right now, Bob. So, again, uh, well, mission accomplished.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: Thank you so much uh, again for being here. Uh, we always appreciate you know you taking some time out. And and one thing, uh, just so you know, we want you to know we've got a badge coming your way. You're you're an expert alumni, um, part ah. of the Think Bold, Be Bold. Um, team and and we've got a big event. You know, we didn't talk about this prior or you know any part of this show, but we've got a big event coming in 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 2016, Bob. And, and you're going to be absolutely a VIP uh, at our event, and, and we're going to let you know a lot of information. And we've been teasing everybody, just so you know, uh, we haven't announced this uh, completely yet. But sometime in January, we'll have a lot more details. Um, but I wanted to put that out there so, you know, and and we'll be sending you some information behind the scenes and, uh, certainly, uh, you know, this badge that we, we, we want you part of that alumni and you are because you're on the show and, and we really appreciate everything that you've given. So we're going to get your word out there and your message and your book and all the things that you're doing. Because again, um, you know, that whole part of about giving and receiving is, is just such a, you know, big part of this week, even you know, with the holidays and all of that, and we just talked about you know that on our last show around mm-hmm. what time of year this is, and and having you recap sort of 2015 for everybody and getting them set up for 2016, it's just a, an exciting pleasure. So I, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show today. Um, you know, and I know. Well, thank what, you.
0: I I've been honored to be a part of it. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Um, so again thanks Bob we appreciate uh, you coming on think bold be bold and everybody out there you know have a happy holiday season we'll have just a small break uh, and we'll be back uh, again next week we have uh, some more awesome guests coming on and uh, Alan always a pleasure
2: thanks Chris appreciate it Bob you're wonderful man thanks Uh, for giving uh, us your time thank you so much Alan
1: and, and it wouldn't be a show without me saying do something nice for someone today